0: Welcome to the Tash Show Podcast. Yesterday, Devin, you were laughing harder than I think I've ever seen you laugh since I met you. My uh, my stomach was hurting. It was like I was I was bowled over. You were laughing. crying. I was crying. And we were listening to something we did yesterday. You may have heard this. We were talking about this hotels.com and PoohPouri, two companies have teamed up. For this first poo with Boo promotion where they will help you if you're going to a hotel. They'll give you some poo so you can cover up the smell uh, in front of your new boyfriend or girlfriend because it's stressful, right? Mm-hmm. It's the first time you're going to be pooping in the same area. And we just got on the topic of covering up what you're doing in the bathroom. Yeah,
1: I don't mind doing it at my house. I don't care if she hears, but I don't want to leave an uh, odor at her place. But So I would do the... Sink silencer Yeah you turn the sink on What about a cough A well placed cough cough? In 2019 I would do the Turn on a YouTube video Get the sync going in a YouTube video watching something and just to mask up the sounds. But then after like the first three times you stay screw it. That's true. Now that you
0: have the phone, you can really get creative if you're in the washroom and you're worried about somebody overhearing you. You could call her, put on a voice, say, Hey, it's your next door neighbor. I think your car's on fire. <laughs> so
1: she has to leave. <laughs> and then she runs out into the front yard to check on her car, and that's when you just have at yeah, her. Yeah, totally. Or just pull the <laughs> apartment fire alarm so while everybody's leaving, you stay up there. Just light a fire. <laughs> just cut out the middle, and man. It'll cover up the smells and
0: it'll get her out of there. <laughs> Make your poo less obvious when you take your first trip together. So Devin hadn't heard that until we're in uh, producer Eric's studio. And Dev's laughing pretty hard. We're on one side of the glass and then uh, I was going around to, to join Jim in the booth so we could record some stuff. And when I got into the booth, I started explaining to Jim that Devin thought that was hilarious. Mm-hmm. He got a real kick out of it. And then we kind of went off on a tangent. And we could see Dev almost fall out of his chair. He was laughing so hard on the other side of the glass. Call her up and be like, hey, this is your neighbor. I think your car's on fire. <laughs> 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 don't don't tell your boyfriend he's taking
2: a shit. <laughs> bus. <laughs>
1: Don't <laughs> uh, no need to bother, hey, Oh my god, I better go get my <laughs> No, 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 no. He's busy taking a <laughs> sht. <laughs> <laughs> he's taking a huge
0: <laughs> He's taking a huge sht. <laughs> oh, I mean, nothing. <laughs> I mean, what? I mean, nothing. <laughs> I mean, there's no time <laughs> for that. <laughs> oh, where was that on the air? <laughs> right, don't tell your boyfriend, though. It's like a big dog.
1: <laughs> oh, my God. i better never gonna get my boyfriend. Oh, uh, no, no. you uh, I can hear him through the wall. He's, uh, I mean, he's not taking a shit. He's not. Uh, <laughs> it's a loud pee, <laughs> it's a uh, thick pee. <laughs> <laughs> Dad, like a peacock's dying.
0: Still funny, Dev? It's still funny. Yeah.
1: Oh, I'm a little nervous because that was a fun little banter we had there, but we say so much nonsense in that studio. Where did this? It's all being recorded, I guess. Yeah.
0: eh? After that, I was just like, Eric, were you recording that when when Dev was killing himself? I wish we had a mic on Dev. Mm -hmm. I was laughing. At one point, I was laughing so hard, I went silent. You know when that happens? Yeah, yeah. It sounded like no one was saying anything. I was laughing. You just couldn't hear me. Maybe yeah. dogs could hear me. Yeah,
1: like when, when your mouth is open, like behind a glass wall, you would think you were <laughs> laughing loudly yeah. and you're just silent. But um, yeah. I just, uh, it, it, it killed me. Yeah, like, it killed me. Uh, no need to bother, boyfriend. Boy. <laughs> <laughs> oh my <laughs> God, <I'm here>. <laughs> <laughs> No, 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 no. He's busy taking the shit.
0: Jim just said uh, during that song that he had to call the cops yesterday.
1: Mm-hmm. I was at home. It was around twelve thirty. p.m., like in the afternoon, right around lunchtime. And I was expecting a a mold guy. I thought there might be some mold in my basement. Side note, there's not. It's all good. Uh It was just some dirt, whatever. Uh, But I was waiting for... I I would just assume there'd be mold in your basement. I would assume so, too. (laughs) I called somebody to make sure there wasn't. Luckily, there's not. But he was supposed to be there, the mold inspection guy at 2. So I was kind of waiting around, waiting to nap for this guy to come. 12.30 rolls around after work. And uh, I hear my screen door open it's kind of squeaky so it's like and i'm used to that sound so i was like oh is that my screen door and then i hear the door or my door open my side door and i'm like why it's 12 why is somebody walking in right now and i and i walk into my kitchen look at the side door and there's a guy with a purple button up shirt uh uh, light white khaki pants on and he does not look like the mold inspector guy, but he's got three pieces of paper in his hand and looks like there's, he's got some issues. Uh-huh. Like, he looks like he's probably an addict. And I said, I'm like, is this the guy that they sent? And he's standing in your kitchen? Standing in the entranceway that's like just off the kitchen. Yeah, yeah. In my house know. though, with like the screen the, door closed behind him. The, exactly. That go down, yeah. And I'm like, uh, what are you doing? And he goes, oh, I was told to be here. And I go, if this is the guy they sent to inspect my basement, I'm kicking him out because he looks sketchy Sketchy. AF. And and he's like, oh, they gave me these papers. So he hands me these papers. I look at them. Clearly not
2: any sort of form. No,
1: no. In fact, they're London police court orders for an assault. So and I look, so I quickly take a picture of these pieces of papers, and I say, "Dude, you're—I don't know who you are or what you're doing here, but you're absolutely in the wrong spot." He's like, "I was supposed to meet somebody here," and I was like, "You need to leave right now." And he, oh, I was like, "Get out!" So he leaves. Uh, and I just wa- watch him like walk out of my laneway, walk down the street. There's a kid kind of waiting by a bus stop. He's like, talks to the kid. I'm like, I got to call the cops on this guy for sure. Uh-huh. So I called the cops and not, not 911 or anything like that, but just called the police uh, department, left a message on the phone. And then I walked down the street and, uh, uh, Talked to a crosswalk lady who was sitting there. I'm like, "Did you see a sketchy dude with a purple shirt walk by?" And she says, "Yeah, I called the cops too." Anyway, the police show up. I show them the picture of the of the forms that I the that, mm-hmm. I, that I had. Uh, guy put the, the police officer pulls up mugshot with the guy's name on it that was on the. Farm. Is that him? He says Is that him. I'm like definitely the guy. and I'm like, oh, God, we know this guy. He's just wandering around. I don't know what his deal was, but he, at the moment he left, like five minutes after, he got on a bus and went somewhere else. But this guy was walking up and down the street, according to the crosswalk, uh, just uh, crosswalk lady, just checking doors and stuff like that uh, in the middle of the day. Central. This is, a, this is a, in the middle of the day at 1230. And I was at home, and like I lock my doors when I'm not there. I'm at home. I'm in and out, you know. Doing stuff in the in the yard. I I, I, the side door. Sometimes I'll keep unlocked. This guy walked right in there.
0: Can you imagine if you uh, were napping, you're out cold, and you had woken up, and he was standing over
1: you? Yeah. Or even like I'm pumping tunes in the house all the time, or whatever. Dancing around naked. Oh, totally. Just helicopter and solo. (laughs) Imagine that he walks in. I'm just like, (laughs) I'm walking on sunshine. Can I help you? <laughs> he seemed out of it. Luckily, uh, it didn't seem dangerous. Like I didn't feel threatened at all. Because you just think seemed you could have so... taken him? Absolutely. I was, and the entranceway is like a little down. You, and there's the think, stairs. Yeah.
0: Were you thinking what you're gonna do? Were you gonna throw him into the basement?
1: This is. Jim's house. Right. You give kick him a down. swift kick. Yeah, it would have been awesome, but uh, and then you
0: tie him up in the basement and just keep him down there. Oh yeah, like Pulp Fiction, <laughs> and then he <laughs> dies from inhaling all that mold. <laughs>
1: <What>? <laughs> I'm playing the long game. It's gonna take about eight months, but he'll yeah. go down. Yeah, you messed with the wrong guy. I've got black mold in the basement. Yeah, he's gonna get popcorn
0: lung. <laughs> so Jim was telling us, Dev, you weren't here for this. Jim was telling us that yesterday, uh, around noon, you had to call the police.
1: Yeah, I was just in my house and I heard my screen door open and then my actual door open and some random stranger who looked like a little sketchy, a a definite uh, 10 out of 10 skid uh, came (laughs) into my house and I said, who is this guy? Who are you? Uh, I just told I was supposed to be here and he had some papers in his hands and I took a He handed me the papers. What the heck is going on? I took pictures of the papers. They were court summons, and I said, get the hell out of here, and he left. For an assault charge. For an assault charge, and uh, so I kicked this guy out of the house, but uh, it's because I didn't have my side door locked.
0: We're getting people sharing stories about uh, waking up in the middle of the night and having people in their house. That's terrifying. Carrie says that, yeah, uh, Jim, I can relate. Once I woke up in the middle of the night and there was someone standing in my bedroom, I screamed, and they ran out the front door.
1: What? Luckily. That would be Dad. terrifying.
0: Yeah. Hi. You're on with Taz and Jim. Have you woken up with someone in your house before?
3: Not quite woken up with someone. I came off of night shift, and I uh, I had a couple roommates, and I had the house to myself at the time. I uh, I'm walking into my bedroom, and there's a couple passed out in my bed. Two people? Man and woman? Two, man and woman passed out in my bed. What were they wearing? Uh, they were like just basically in their underwear
1: you should have crawled into bed with them and then like woke them up and pretended you were just waking hey. up too and be like, what a night, whoa.
3: <laughs> yeah, so I just finished a 12-hour shift. They're clearly been drinking. Uh-huh. They're just gr- grumbling all about. I went down on the couch because they said they're leaving. Five minutes later, I go back up. They're just passed out again.
1: you were awfully generous.
0: Where did they come from?
3: I I found out the the next day uh, my roommate gave him uh, a key and uh, uh, and told him to crash in his bed. But mm. uh, they obviously went to the room. So, so they, they I were
0: friends of the roommate. There. Okay. Yeah.
3: So I didn't find this out till the next day, though.
0: All right. Still, they're lucky that you didn't do something else. You didn't grab yeah. the frying pan.
3: Well, yeah. So I, eventually I kicked them out, and I was like, I'm still obviously tired after a 12-hour shift. And I couldn't bring myself to go to bed in the sheets because they were still warm, and they were oh. to kind of like wash the sheets. And I ended up sitting on the couch for hours.
0: Were they Were they hot? Were they an attractive couple?
3: Uh, the uh, I mean, the, the guy was attractive, I guess, and the, the female <laughs> was rather attractive and young. Yeah.
0: Okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah, you should have gone for it, man. That was your chance. That was your That was the window. The threesome window had opened for you.
3: Yeah, not uh, not my kind of three-way, yeah. but
0: okay. That's when you get charged, right? <laughs> <laughs> They're in your bed. You crawl into your bed with them, and you're the one who
1: ends up getting charged. Thanks, man, for the story. Uh, Texas came in here. This is creepy. Uh, not me personally, but when I was attending Fanshawe College about 10 years ago, a guy was named, quote, the camera bandit, and he was going around, unlocked student houses, and taking photos of people while they were sleeping. Oh, that's so creepy. Oh, my God. That's somehow. Cr- that's the, like uh, taking the picture. I- yeah. I'd rather him rob the place than take a picture of me yeah, sleeping. You know, that's what I mean?
0: like uh, Colonel Russell Williams stuff. That's oh. gateway to serial killer yeah, stuff. Totally. Uh, that would freak you out. How would you ever be able to sleep knowing that somebody had done that to you? You'd think it was happening every time you closed your eyes.
2: So we were sleeping in the middle of the night in December, and we heard our back door slam. Which, unfortunately, we had forgot to lock it after we let the dog in. Mm hmm But, fortunately for us, we do have another door that goes into our kitchen, um, into the rest of our house that was locked. So, my husband goes down to the kitchen, and he sees the handle moving, like someone's trying to get into our house. Yeah. So, he calls the police. You know, he's freaked right out. Someone's trying to get into our house. He's trying to talk to the person. The person's not answering and uh, the police come to the front door and say, you know what, we walked around your house, no signs of anyone around. He said, because he's in our house still. I'm like, oh. So they go around to our back door where the person had entered, and when they enter the house, well, they had made a plan that when they opened the back door, my husband goes to open the kitchen door and catch the person. Yep. So... My husband opens the door. They open the back door. The guy tries to boot through our kitchen, and my husband's like a brick wall. So the guy ends up falling down a couple of stairs and knocking himself out cold. Love it.
0: <laughs> I thought, yeah. I'd never seen anyone knock themselves out cold, like movie yeah. style. That sounds like, yeah. you know, this it doesn't is, really happen.
2: Yeah, no, it, it totally happened. So the, guy, the policeman says, do you recognize the guy? Well, he was all bundled up. He had a hoodie and... Toque and everything on, didn't recognize him, so they get his wallet out. Turns out he was from two doors down, and we live in like four identical houses, and he was just a guy, like a young 21-year-old coming home from the bar, really drunk, and thought he was going into his own house. Oh. And they had to carry him out to the police car because he was knocked out
0: cold. Oh, man. So, did, he, did he come back and apologize when he sobered up?
2: He did not. His parents were humiliated, though. Um, so his parents came and apologized. But it's a good thing that we had, you know, sort of that mudroom door that went yeah. into was house because he would have probably went upstairs to his bedroom and got in bed with one of us. You know, and it was, it was pretty traumatic, but we got over it.
1: Well,
0: it's also for that kid, it's a good thing that you don't he doesn't live in the United States because someone probably would have just blasted a shotgun through uh, that door. Yeah,
2: yeah, but it was so odd because you could see the handle moving. We're trying to talk to him. We're trying to ask who it was thinking maybe it was a cousin or you know you always
0: think you know what you do in that situation too but Jim like you said you were stunned you you kind of stood there and it was just such a such a weird situation you didn't react the way you
1: thought you were you
0: would react if someone walked into your kitchen unannounced
1: if I wasn't expecting somebody to come and check out my like I was expecting somebody so that's why I wasn't super defensive right off the bat I was kind of standing around a corner and if he had a knife in his hand he could have been like stab stab like I wasn't in a defensive posture at all I wasn't as on the ball as I should have been Next but time I'm just going to say get the hell out right away If he comes back next time Well hopefully there is no next time Well uh, I don't know we're getting a lot of texts man Apparently this happens more than I thought If he comes back you're going to be ready for him though Definitely Yeah. I'm going to have two knives taped to my fists Like Wolverine I'm gonna that's, just, all that's just how you nap now
0: <laughs> Double knife hands <laughs> And Cheech and Chong are back on the road together. It's unfortunate they were supposed to do a show in Hamilton tonight at the first Ontario concert hall, but uh, that has been canceled. However, you still can't catch them in Kitchener and then Saturday night at Budweiser Gardens in London. We had the opportunity to get half of the duo on the air with us. Cheech Marin. The O Cannabis Tour sounds like a perfect time to go on tour of Canada for you too.
4: That's what we we thought, you know. We we we, all, we were going to call it the Catch Before They Croak Tour, but you know, <laughs> O Cannabis sounded better. <laughs> Are you living in LA still, Cheech? I am living in LA, but, but half the time out in Joshua Tree, California.
0: Oh, nice. And Tommy, he's up here part time, isn't he? Vancouver, maybe.
4: Yeah, up in, up in Vancouver, and he's in L.A. Uh, the other half of the time.
0: Back in the day when you guys were smoking, you, I, I'd assume you were total heat scores. Like, were you getting pulled over all the time? Did you have trouble going through customs, like in the late 70s, early
4: 80s? No, not at all. Matter, as a matter of fact, the opposite, you know. But police and customs officials really liked us, you know, so they kind of scooted us on through. It was amazing, but we now that the things the climate has changed, especially in Canada where it's legal in the whole country, we've devoted a special part of our show to that so that we start the show with a tribute section and then we clear the front of the stage and we allow the audience to come up the stage and lay tribute at our feet usually it's about three or four sometimes five pounds worth of tribute
1: oh so you're saying (laughs) the people come up and they pull joints out of their pockets or edibles or something like that and they (laughs) present an offering to you
4: it's tribute you know (laughs) (laughs)
1: well you guys
0: deserve it like this must be especially for tommy who had some legal problems this must be vindication for him and and you guys know you were right all along
4: you know, that's what we kept saying. You know, they said, oh, you guys promoted marijuana. Blah, blah. You know, hey, what if we're right? What if marijuana is good for you? <laughs> we're finding out that it is. So, you know, so we're going to expand the tribute section now. It's maybe the first half hour of the show. Where people come and lay tribute at our feet. <laughs>
1: Speaking of those, uh, the tributes and the weed you guys are, are smoking now, you always hear people talk about how the weed these days is so much more potent than it was, say, in the 70s. Do you agree?
4: Well, yeah. I mean, so is the corn, so is the gasoline, you know, so <laughs> everything progresses.
0: Back in the day, everyone would want to smoke a joint with Cheech and Chong. Who are? Can you name drop any big celebrities that maybe you wouldn't expect that, that toped with you guys?
4: Well, some that you would expect like Timothy Leary, who was a good buddy of ours. We uh, we smoked with him all the time. But uh, uh, you know, heads of country, <laughs> <laughs> the, the <movies> go-
1: <laughs> Was Pierre Elliott Trudeau one of them?
4: Well, we're not. We can't say all, all, all over <laughs> the air. There was a lot of them. Were really small countries. They are only like about a half a block long. <laughs> but uh, you know, and <laughs> they're <laughs> self declared. Country, so mostly like
0: that. We've got Cheech Marin from Cheech and Chong on the phone with us. Uh, After you and Tommy uh, parted ways back in the 80s, you started getting some serious roles in a lot of family movies like some Disney stuff, The Lion King, Cars, Coco. Do you ever get high and watch yourself as a cartoon, Cheech?
4: No, watching the makes me high, man. As a matter of fact, I'm doing another Disney project on the 17th and 18th of May at the Hollywood Bowl. They're doing a, recrea- a live recreation of, of The Little Mermaid, and I'm going to play Louis, the French chef, and I'm going to sing the part. So I'm gonna get paid to sing at the Hollywood Bowl. It's one of the highlights of my career.
0: Was there any hesitation when you first were making that transition for uh, these family movies for them to put you in, given your your past in the uh, in the stoner comedies?
4: Well, not on my side, and I'm sure not on their side because they offered me jobs. You know, with my goal after we broke up uh, the first time is that is to. Uh, um, do anything that didn't have a giant joint in it, you know? In order, you know, because how do you change your image from Cheech or Cheech and Chong to anything else? And so I, I, I an animation was the one that that, 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 kind of was first up. And that the people came to me and wanted me to do animation. So that was perfect. So they didn't have any big joints in Disney movies. So I thought it was safe.
0: <laughs> Cheech Marin on tour with Tommy Chong. Cheech and Chong are back. You want details?